take your copy of God's Word this morning and find, if you will, one verse in the Old Testament, Genesis 3.20, that first book of the Bible that we've been looking at, Genesis 3.20. And then, if you would, go ahead and find Ephesians chapter 2, as we'll look at that chapter as well, a few verses there, as we just focus our hearts upon God's Word this morning. And I want to say... Uh, Thank you and welcome again. I know Loy welcomed you earlier, but there are some of you maybe who are visiting today because you came in for homecoming at Tech yesterday and you're here. We want to make sure that you are welcome, that you feel warm in this place to worship with us today. And yes, college football season is still going on, right? A couple of Sundays ago, I believe, Jim Pierce uh, walked in and he asked me, he said, uh, hey, Reggie, is, is this still college football season? I said, yeah, I think it is, Jim. He said, I just wondered. I never hear about it from the pulpit anymore at all. And <laughs> so today you ought to hear about it, right? Because Tech won. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tech won. LSU won. And Ole Miss won, right? So everybody ought to be somewhat happy. But we welcome you if you're visiting with us today, if you're celebrating uh, this weekend with family and friends here. We, we are thankful that you chose to come and celebrate with us here at Temple Baptist Church as well. Over the last few weeks, we have talked about a lot of cultural issues. And I recognize that when I launched this series, that it was going to be a, a, a tough series in some ways, just just as I communicated what I thought God's Word said. Now, people have said to me, you shouldn't feel bad about addressing some of these issues. And I said, you misunderstand me. I haven't felt bad, and I haven't felt like I shouldn't have addressed these issues. I just have prayed over and over that when I address these issues, I would address these with the, well, with the truth, first of all, and then with the sensitivity of the Spirit of God. That's what's been my prayer. That's what's been such a struggle for me as I've tried to communicate it because I usually, I only have, I know some of you think, well, you take all your time on Sunday morning. You've got 30-something minutes. Do you know how difficult it is to unpack some of these subjects in just 30-something minutes? I mean, these are weighty issues. There are issues our culture is facing. There are issues that our church is facing. And what I've done is try to pack as much as I could into those Sunday mornings to equip you and, and, yes, to continue to equip me so that we could relate to the culture in which we live, that we could relate as the church of the Lord Jesus Christ because I believe we are the ones that should be addressing these. I believe we, as the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, based upon His truth, we have the answers for the culture around us. And that is the reason I believe we ought to be speaking there are so many other voices out there. There are so many other voices out there. But I think we should be speaking the voices of truth and the voices of good news that Jesus Christ has left us. Today I want to address another subject with you. And I told Leslie early on that this may be one of the shortest messages I preach. She said, I'll believe it when I see it. She never believes me when I say it's going to be a little shorter in the morning. But 
I believe this is just so simple. This is just so simple. It is, a, it is an important issue. It's a significant issue. But the truth of the scripture is so simple. As we think about race. As we think about our culture today. Over the last few weeks and months. We have continued to see our culture as it's, as it's faced all these different questions. And even, even as it has faced hostility. Even as it has faced this opposition that's out there back and forth and back and forth i think we as god's people come we hold out the truth of scripture and we are the ones who bring hope to a broken world even as it speaks to the relationships that we have i want you to see genesis three twenty again for those of you who haven't been here i've been looking in the book of genesis for a christian worldview i mean it is there you don't have to look far And it is there for us to embrace. In Genesis chapter 3 verse 20. We're going to come back to those previous verses in a couple of weeks. But in verse 20 it's just this simple statement. It says, And Adam called his wife's name Eve because she was the mother of all living. We're going to look at that verse in just a moment. But I want to go ahead and read to you Ephesians chapter 2 beginning in verse 11. Therefore, remember that you, once Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision, made in the flesh by hands, that at the time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now, (laughs) but now, in Christ Jesus, you who once were afar off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Now, therefore, verse 19, if you will. Now, therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself, the chief cornerstone, in whom the whole building being fitted together grows into a holy temple in the Lord in whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. Now, I bring these these two scriptures to you this morning because I think one speaks to creation and really what it teaches us, and the second speaks to Christ and what he has done for us. I want you to look at this passage. Again, Genesis 3.20 in particular. In creation, we see that we share a common humanity. Notice what he says. He's summing up these creative acts. And he says basically that Eve, he calls her name Eve because she is the mother of all living. Now, Adam is looking forward to the birth of a child, obviously. God has communicated that to him. He had already communicated to him this idea of multiplying and being productive. Then after the fall and even after the consequences of the fall, we're told that the woman will have, well, she will have pain during childbirth. So he knows that a child is going to be born. So he's looking forward here. He says, basically, all of humanity, all that will come from here on will find its root, its origin in Eve because she is the mother of all humanity. Now, I believe personally that Moses wrote the first five books 
of the Old Testament. He was led by the Holy Spirit. He was inspired in such a way. As Moses writes, as he's thinking back, Adam was looking forward. Moses was thinking back. Moses basically is saying that all of us, every living being at the time, he says, finds its origin, finds its substance in Eve. So in other words, all of humanity, everybody that we are, who we are, we share a common origin. We trace our lineage back to one mother, Eve. We trace our lineage back to these parents, Adam and Eve. So listen this morning. Just because we're human beings, just, just in that sense itself, there is some kind of kinship that we have. There is some type of kinship that we have. Now, we may not always believe that, but there is a kinship that is there definitely. Robert Davis, I hadn't talked to you, but stand up. I love it, just, you know, spontaneous, on-the-spot kind of stuff. Look at Robert. Any of you believe he's my brother? <laughs> I could come stand by you, but it would be a little bit humiliating for you, I think. You can sit down. It's all right. Sometimes I like you sitting better than standing, to be honest with you. I mean, you look and you think, all oh, these physical features, they're different. You know, one's tall, one's not, and, and, uh, and all of this kind of... You would you not think, just looking at us, that there is some type of kinship. But just by the very virtue of creation itself, Robert is my brother. As some would say, you're my brother from another mother, right? But we have the same great, 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 great grandmother, right? Because we can trace our lineage back to this one individual eve we can trace our lineage back to these parents adam and eve think again about this that we're all because we're part of this thing called humanity we all share some kinship every one of us we share some kinship no matter what we look like no matter how we speak we share a kinship and because of that also we bear the image of God. Remember a few weeks ago, I spoke to you about the image of God. Remember that? You are some of the people that you build my confidence every Sunday, every Sunday. I talked about being made in the image of God and how in, in this creation account, we're told that Adam and Eve are created in the image of God. Remember, he made them in the image, and he said, male and female. He made them in the image of God. So, as we come along, as we follow in this lineage of Adam and Eve, we bear the image of God. Again, some of you may not have been here that Sunday, and the rest of you just don't remember, but... I told you that the image of God was still there even after the fall. I mean, it was used even to justify capital punishment itself. Like, if you take somebody's life, if you basically what God had said, if you destroy the image of God, then you must face the consequences because we are made in the image of God. So every one of us have a kinship 
in this thing called humanity. And all of us, all of us are made in the image of God. So I bear the image, you bear the image. Everybody we pass on the street during the day, in some way, bears the image of God. You go back and read what the image itself is, looks like and what it, how it is constituted. You can go back and look at that message a few weeks ago. But for our sake today, we just need to recognize we bear the image of God. Everybody does. And because of that, everybody deserves some type of respect. Everybody has an intrinsic value about them. Now, see, I believe this. I believe for God so loved the world. Now, I, I, I believe that our God loved the world. I believe he loves each and every individual. And he has a value for them. I believe that he loved us while we were still sinners. He loved us still. When we were flawed, broken, apart from Christ, I believe that he loved us because there was some type of intrinsic value as we bore the image of God. So all of us in humanity, every individual bears the image. All of us have a value before him. All of us have a kinship. It doesn't matter what we look like on the outside. We still have a value before God and we should have a value before other individuals. Now, we recognize that as we read the Genesis account that God created the nations. He did. He created the nations themselves. When did he create the nations? I believe personally he created the nations around Genesis chapter 11. You remember Genesis 11? The people are there. They're on the plane. They're they're thinking about God's command to go out and spread out and do all these things. And basically the people have said, you know what, let's just kind of stick together. Let's just stay together here. And what we can do is we can build this great tower. Um, of course, we refer to it as the Tower of Babel. This great tower that will somehow make its way to heaven itself. Let's, let's just kind of stay together here, build this tower, make a name for ourselves. And God looks at their schemes and God says, now what did I say to them? I think I told them to basically subdue the earth, to multiply, to spread out. And they have decided that they would just stay where they are and that they would actually make a name for themselves. So what did God do? God dealt with their pride just as God deals with ours, right? He dealt with their pride and he confused their languages so that they would spread out. You see, those times we think we will exalt ourselves above God, you don't forget God is the one that's still on the throne, right? And just the time we're going to make a name for ourselves is when he will show us how great his name is. And what God did is he confused their languages and they spread out. I believe personally that was the, the beginning of the nations. 
as the languages were confused, as the people moved out. But even though the nations were formed, even though the languages had been, had been instilled, God's value, God's concern, God's love for them still remained. I believe that each one still had a kinship to humanity itself. There was no other creature like us, only with humans. We share something together. So I challenge you, no matter who you see this week, no matter how, who, how or who you communicate with this week, remember that individual is your brother and sister in this human race. That, that individual has value before God. And listen, just as you would want to care and reach for these in other nations, listen, just as we've talked about praying about these boxes that God would transform people in other places, we ought to be praying that God would transform people right here and that he would use us as the conduits to make a difference in their lives. Because they're of, a, of value as well. In creation, we see that we share a common humanity. We all trace the lineage back to Adam and to Eve. Now, that's what we see in creation. What about Christ? In Christ, we collectively see that we can share in a new humanity itself. Now, think about this. That God has sent His one and only Son to create, well, to create a new humanity those of us who would trust in him and believe in him and have faith in him, that he would, through, through Christ and through him really alone, all barriers are broken down. We need to recognize that in our lives. Now, I do believe that Israel was given a mandate to make the name of God, Yahweh God, to make his name known among the nations. I think he, they were chosen. You would agree? They were chosen for this purpose, for this service. Genesis chapter 12. Note, it, note this. Genesis 11, the nations, basically the languages were formed. Genesis 12, God says, but I'm not through. Abram, I'm going to choose you to serve. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to work in your life. And from you, remember this, from you, there will be a blessing from for all nations. So Genesis 11, you see the nations form. Genesis 12, God says, but I still have a plan for the nations. And I'm going to use you, the nation of Israel, the chosen individuals. I'm going to use you to reach them. That's what he says. So I think Israel was supposed to be speaking to other ethnicities, to other nations, to make the name of God great. Because listen, our God is so great, he deserves more than one people group to worship him. He deserves all nations. He, de he deserves all ethnicities. He deserves us all coming before the throne to worship. Israel was supposed to go. Isaiah says that they were to be a light unto the nations. A light unto the nations. So God had never given up on the nations. God had never 
given up on his work and his concern for them. But in so many ways, Israel failed. But what God did is he took his one and only son and he sent him on this mission to live a perfect life, to minister in power, to teach with authority, to die a complete sacrificial substitutionary death on the cross. To be resurrected in power so that the nations could know that they could come before the throne and worship him in spirit and in truth. This passage we have from Paul that I read a moment ago, I think it speaks about the reconciliation Christ brought to believers in particular, but the way he brought the the way he brought the ethnicities, the races together. Listen to the way he frames this. He says, "Therefore remember that you once Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision made in the flesh by hands, that at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. So what Paul says is, recognize here you are as Gentiles. And, and, and again, I think Paul would say God loved them and God had a purpose for them. But, but there was a sense in which they were on the outside looking in. And he said, remember, those of you who are alienated, remember those of you who found hostility in the commonwealth of Israel. Christ died for you. Christ died for you. I think we need to be reminded from time to time that if we were to go back to the Old Testament and even the beginning of the New Testament, we would have been the ones on the outside. Now, some of you may trace your heritage back to the Jewish nationality. Some of you may. That's great. Many of us in this place, though, we were Gentiles. And if Christ had not come in such a manner, yes, I believe there would have been hope with the God above, but it would have been some difficult days of looking in from the outside. This is the glorious message of the gospel. That God has come. That Jesus Christ has died. And that he has brought us. Listen. He has brought us the Gentiles into the kingdom of God. Praise be to him that it doesn't matter if you were born in Israel. Or if you were born in the United States. Or you were born in China. Or you were born in. If you were born in Hungary. God can get a hold of your life. He can touch you and you can know him and know his family. He has broken down all ethnic barriers. Look at the book of Acts. Look at how the Holy Spirit works. The Holy Spirit first descends upon the Jews, the apostles, day of Pentecost. Oh yeah, the day of Pentecost, what happens? Well, the apostles speak in different languages, different tongues. The people hear that, they identify, it's like one language. It's, it's like a reversal of Babel, okay? Pentecost is a reversal of Babel, just for a moment, to show you how God is bringing the nations and different ethnic groups together. So the Holy Spirit comes first upon the Jewish people. 
Then if you read the story of Acts, the Holy Spirit comes upon the Samaritans. Well, the Samaritans were who? Well, the Samaritans basically, well, they were the half-Jews, according to the Jewish people. Their blood had become impure through intermarriage. Their genealogies had become impure, according to those early Jews. But the Holy Spirit came upon the Samaritans. And then... This guy named Cornelius, the Gentile, the God-fearer, the Holy Spirit came upon him. Don't miss this in the book of Acts. It is a transitional period for the church, and it is to remind us that whether you're Jew or you're half-Jew or you're non-Jew, the Holy Spirit can come upon you. And the church is bigger than one ethnicity. The church should, be, should call in all nations, all peoples, whatever they look like, whatever language that they have, to bring them in. In Christ Jesus, he died. And by his blood, notice this, by his blood, he reconciled us to God, but he reconciled us to each other as well. By his blood. You see, people will say, race is a political issue. No, my friends. It is a blood of Jesus issue. If we believe in the blood of Christ, if we trust in him and what he's done, then we will treat everyone with value. We will see that through Christ, we can have all barriers broken down. And thanks be to God, we were the first recipients of it. And may we continue to be the people who will break those barriers down to show the love of Christ. Now, therefore, you are no longer strangers or foreigners, but fellow citizens with saints and members of the household of God. That means you're part of the family. You remember that little chorus that we used to sing quite a bit? The family of God, Jeremy. I'm so glad I'm part of the family, right? Something like that it said. When, when, I, was, when I was leading music back at Blue Springs, it talked about sod in there, right? As we travel this sod. I didn't like that word. I thought that was weird. Because, I mean, I was in high school. Okay, sod, I don't talk about traveling this sod very often. So I said, I'm going to be smart and change that around. I'm going to talk about traveling this land. Oh, I forgot. Sod's got a rhyme with God, right? Is that what it is? How dumb I was, you know? And I demonstrated my ignorance before all that was in the choir that day. I remember that song, maybe for that reason, but it's not a bad song. I'm so glad to be part of the family of God. And that the family of God, it may not look like you and me, but the family of God, we are together because of the blood of Christ. We as churches ought to be speaking out these words. I tell you that we ought to be working for racial reconciliation. We ought to be working for reconciliation in our nation, for our culture. We ought to be the people who are fostering such environments. Satan will come to kill, steal, and destroy. And that's what he is doing to our nation right now. What we need to be are the people who will speak the reconciling ministry of Christ to know that all people are of worth.
John Piper challenged churches when he asked this question. He said, are our churches thermometers registering the racial attitudes and actions of the world or are they thermostats raising the warmth of commitment to racial understanding and love and demonstrable harmony? I think that could apply across the board to a lot of things in our culture. Sometimes all we are are thermometers registering the temperature of what's out there when we should be thermostats changing the atmosphere, changing the climate of what is going on around us. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. said, he said the question is not whether or not we will be extremists. We will all be extremists. The question will be, will we be extremists for hate or love? Will we be people who will sell out for the love of Christ Jesus and demonstrate that to all? The gospel is the only hope. Listen to me. The gospel is the only hope to bring us together. The good news of Christ, the blood of Christ, it is as it is applied to us. Tim Keller said, Paul didn't hang out with the Jews and the Gentiles just to be hip. He hung out with them so that they would know the good news of Christ. That they would be reconciled to God and reconciled to each other. It is the only way we find true reconciliation. Now listen. It is not discriminatory to share the gospel. Some people today have sowed those kind of seeds. Well, you ought to leave, you know, if that people group, if that religion... You know, that's the way they are. You shouldn't. No, 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 no. It's not discriminatory to share the gospel. It is redeeming to share the gospel. It is through the gospel, through the good news of Christ, that we can come to understanding with one another, have purpose and plan. Yes, all of us are part of the common humanity. I just said that a moment ago. But to fully experience the family of God, you must come through the blood of Jesus Christ. And the blood, the blood covers so much. The blood covers our attitudes. It should, our attitudes and our actions and our thoughts. Because really, we should pray each day, as I said earlier, that the church would reflect the community makeup and it should, be in, it should include the church itself Overall, the universal church should include all nations. If you don't believe that, then we've wasted a lot of money. This last year, we prayed that God would give us at least 16 short-term mission trips. John King and I, we talked last year at the end of the year, we talked with the staff, at least 16. Thanks to the spontaneous short-term teams that some of you led to Baker, we went way over the 16. We spent money. We've sent you. You spent some of your time. You've been on short-term teams. You've been here locally serving in areas where people don't look like you. Why do you do it? Well, you should do it because you believe that all nations need God. All peoples, all people groups 
They need the God that we have. They need the gospel, and only through the gospel can they be changed. You should do it because you want to invest in them what Christ Jesus has invested in you. You are saved, and you want to take the message of Christ to others. That should be the reason you would go. It should be the reason that one of these days, one of these days, my friends, when we gather around the throne above, there will be people of all races, all nations, people singing and worshiping God himself. We won't have to be worried about who's sitting right next to us. We'll only be consumed with the holiness and glory of God on the throne. And listen to what Revelation, the way John pictures this. This is what he says. John says, and they sang a new song saying, you are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals for you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation and have made us kings and priests to our God and we shall reign on the earth. What a day that will be when we worship him in such glory and honor. We recognize his holiness. I say to you, we should be people who take the good news of Christ and we live it out daily in our relationships. We should be people who are trying to see reconciliation among all races and nations. We should be people who would convey goodness to those who are white, black, Hispanic, Asian, whatever it is, that we should be people who hold up the hope of Christ and we live with integrity in our relationships and we live with the love that he has given us. You and I, we were Gentiles, afar off. But Christ brought us in. Not because of our own merit or work, because of his divine favor this thing we call grace may we be people of grace in the days to come may we show the love and may we help bring reconciliation in all things let's pray together father we pause this morning and I give you thanks and praise. I thank you for the creation itself and what it speaks to us about the common humanity we have together. Us in this place, no matter what, that somehow we, we have a kinship. Thank you, Lord, for that. But God, how grateful we are to know that we can truly understand your family. We can know salvation. We can know glory. Because you impart your grace to our hearts and lives. Thank you for the blood of Christ. Which has saved us from our sins. This morning in this place, I first pray, Lord, that that one which is lost, that they would finally come. Lord, they've been afar. They've stood far away from you. But God, today, that they would be reconciled to you and to us. God, I pray for salvation. But God, also, I pray today for us as believers, that when we go out these doors, we would be people who would demonstrate love no matter who we come across or what is happening, that we would bring reconciliation to relationships. We are the peacemakers that you called us to be because we recognize that the only peace we can truly have 
is through Christ, our King. God, speak to us now during this moment of commitment and invitation. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand this morning?